welcome to this podcast for established coaching businesses that cracked the marketing code and are now dealing with growth pains and operational challenges that hinder profitability and growth. Hi everyone, today it is my pleasure to interview Arden McLaughlin, the founder of a PR agency called Definita. And Arden makes businesses and people stand out and help them define who they are. Today we'll talk about creating a personal brand and stay true to who you are. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. The first question first, how did Definita came out to be? What is the story there? The best thing I do is get people press. I knew people in the press. I knew how to create and shape a story. So what I really do is define people. I can see what absolutely makes you stand out. Things that you don't even realize are making you stand out in this cluttered marketplace. I thought I was going to be, it's defined. Like what, what I was playing around with words defined. And I just made it up is a version of divine. And I just twisted it around and made it definita because I am bougie. I am different and I love pretty things. So definita became the name, but then it became define yourself in a cluttered marketplace, which is my tagline because there's so many people out there, like your coaches and that kind of thing who are doing, they feel like they're doing the same thing, right? Like well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. What makes me stand out? So that's how Daphne came to be. Is like, I kind of pull your story together and show what makes you stand out. Awesome. So yeah. it is both a mix of a coaching plus implementation, correct? Mm-hmm. So yes, let's talk a little bit more now. about your process of implementation. Our listeners really want to hear like the needed radio, the hands-on stuff. So yes. how do you start work with a business? Maybe something that will help our re- listeners think about, you know, what it is that defines them. So generally, those who tend to come to me are startups or those looking to scale. So they're at the point where they've done everything they can do on their own and they need to grow. What I do is I start with a plan, plan where we go for an hour, hour and a half of just diving into all the things. Tell me your background. Tell me who you want to serve. In creating story, there's five parts to story. There's setting, character, plot, crisis, you know, the conflict, and then the resolution. Well, with my process, we take out setting because setting is kind of everywhere. And we take out conflict because conflict, crisis communication is a very different animal. And we do characters, plot, and resolution. So the characters are your target audience. So when we're going through this, the plan, it's who's your target audience. And if I'm talking to like your people now are established, it might, your target audience might not be who's buying from you now. That's your audience, but it might not be your ideal, perfect audience. So we talk about who that ideal, perfect audience is. Then we talk about what, how you want to say it. How are you actually talking to that ideal audience. If you're not getting the people in right now that you want, what we need to do is figure out what you're saying and how you're saying it to then. So that's what's driving it. The plot's what's driving the story. And then the resolution, what makes you different? What problem are you solving and how are you doing it differently than anyone else? So the problem I'm solving is I'm actually listening to your story. I'm taking time to unpack it and just using my ability to sift through the clutter to say, this is who you actually are. And from that, we look at your mission and your vision and your position. And I look at them strictly from a communication standpoint. Who am I talking to? How am I aspiring them? And what is my brand story, if you will? So I start with that at all times. And I encourage to write that down, write down the target audience, 
write down your plot, you know, like what your communication goals are, write down the problem that you solve and then start to see how they cross over. So you may be saying my target audience is a 44 year old woman from the South, but I'm talking to her like she's a 25 year old from the Midwest. And so those two are never going to align because we're not the same thing. So that's how I start with everyone. And it's actually pretty easy exercise to go through on your own. That's how you really start defining yourself is by looking at who you actually are instead of looking at who everyone else is. I recently read a book by Donald Miller called Building and Story Brand, and I absolutely yeah. love the book. So I highly recommend if this is something where you want to dip your toes a little bit more, start with the book and see what thoughts and ideas it's going to help you uh, yeah. motivate. It is funny because I, I've been doing a story brand without realizing it for years because I am a journalism major and a creative writing minor and I've always just written. And people would come to me, they're like, oh, you know, you're doing story brand. So I started reading it because I've known of Donald Miller for a long time, long time. But I know him from like the Christian writing world. And then story brand came to me and I do a lot of what I do is story brand. So, yes, the book is awesome. I am much less expensive than Donald Miller. He has a bigger name. But I, a lot of what I do is exactly the same. Whenever I do, whenever I work with scale-ups, it's we take an audit of what you've been doing. I have a PR in the box that I created in 2020. So it's all the things that you need to start up in your PR world. But I've really started to look at it three years post-COVID to look at it and go, is this the product that I had that did really well? Does it meet the needs of my current clients? And truthfully, some of them it does and some of them it doesn't. I, a lot of my people are in spaces of individuality now. So I first say, if you're scaling, if you have to grow, you have to first and look at, is this how I want to continue? Does the market have sustainability for this? Because it might not. What worked then may not work now. So you always have to audit and go, am I still talking to the same people? Maybe I used to talk to startups, but now I talk to corporate people. Maybe now going from B2B, I need to really be B2C. So taking an audit always works. Then the next step is when you're really branding yourself, do I need a million Instagram followers anymore? Or do I need to spend more time on LinkedIn? So where is your social media platform? And the last is really like things like this. How am I using media? So you have to figure out where your people are hanging out and start talking to them. Like even myself, I have been in such a like doing it, doing it, doing it, and it's been doing well. And then I hit this pause where I was like, well, that was a really weird slow month. And then the next, that was a really weird slow month. So I had to take out on it and go, oh, I've just been doing the same thing over and over when the market needs something different. So you have to consistently do what works for you, your brand, your story, your people, and what feels good to you. So if it doesn't feel good to you anymore, you're not going to put the effort into it. Let's talk a little bit about the offerings. So okay. anywhere from a newsletter, one-on-one -on -one okay. sessions, community, mastermind, maybe we have an accelerator, maybe we'll publish the book and then there's a course. Is there a process that you would recommend where each of those offerings is building on top of each other and kind of one on one, one plus one equals three or four so that we boost this leverage from having all of those offerings? Yeah, I always go, to go back to my audience. What are they going to buy from me? So are they going to buy a book? Like you said with StoryBrand, you're like, everyone go out and get the book. But what's next? 
are you going to listen or read from a book? Or are you, as a learner, do you need to get more invested? Do you need to find a person to walk this through with you? Your audience is the same way. Is your audience, are you going to do more if you hit a speaking engagement once a month? And are you going to sell a course and a book and a VIP day? If you just put yourself out there and did one speaking engagement? Probably. So it's looking at collectively putting the offerings together and then how am I actually selling it? So the offerings putting together, I do think the step-by-step is people generally go with least expensive to most expensive. So your audience is going to like, I'm going to test the waters. It's like dating, right? If I like you enough, I'll meet you for coffee. So then I'm going to do dinner. So I think you start with book and then you start with what's that baseline offering? The baseline offering generally for people, they're going to do a $30 buy, probably $150 to $200 buy. Like we're going to test the waters, but then I'm going to, but I like the emails that are coming in, the information. So that's the other thing. What are you giving people on top of what they buy? So when they put you in their funnel, are you gifting them with some like easy information? So you mentioned Donald Miller. One of his new things is about scaling a business made simple. So he has a book coming out. He has a $200 program you can buy, or you can get certified for $10,000 to be one of his coaches. But without fail, he's giving you freebies in between. And that's that little freebie, that little extra thing is that text message or that email that you're sending to people, that's what actually makes you stand out. I'm thinking a little bit more from the perspective of, okay, we don't have a book yet, for example. I understand that when you have all those products, it is easier to see how you go from least expensive to most expensive. We probably have a community at this point. I see majority of people do not have a book yet. What are some things that would be bringing them the most leverage? I think books are an expensive leverage. If you do them well, it's going to cost you ten dollars to $15,000. And then I work with a lot of authors. To sell a book, you have to talk about the book all the time. So you have to. So I don't ever say get a book unless you have an engaged speaking platform. The number one thing I think people need to be doing is speaking more. That is what actually leads to bigger sales. One speaking, one podcast leads to much more of people buying from you than just you out there on the grind all the time. So that's what I challenge people. And it's also the hardest thing. That's what half of my coaching is, is getting people comfortable, telling their story, getting it out to the community and feeling comfortable with themselves and going, I am totally going to mess that up at some point in time. And I'm like, yeah, you are. But you know what? Who cares? Because everyone messes up all the time and you're out there doing it. The other thing is getting involved in some sort of networking group. So you may be in national, which I have clients. I'm in North Carolina. I have clients all over the country. However, I'm super plugged in in my city because I want my people talking about me so I can do. So then they who know me in person, when they hear from somebody in Kansas who needs me, they can then talk about me. So those two things, and all of it is putting yourself out there. If you're an introvert, it's petrifying. People want to talk to people. So we got to get out there. Yep. And if you are not able to find a local group, which can be challenging, not a generic, I would not recommend to go to a generic networking group. Group of people who are your ideal target audience or who can be a shoulder industry to what you do so you can find partnerships there. So create a group like that. 
Yep. And it may seem a little bit scary in the beginning, but all mm-hmm. that you need is really three people, four or five people getting together for the mm-hmm. first time. Like, let's say this is going to be your first meeting. You don't need 20, 30, 50 people. Actually, it's <laughs> going to be more intimate if you have just three or five people there. So yeah. find out, go on LinkedIn, find out who are the uh, exciting people in your area, in your industry. Mm-hmm. Send out a message and say, hey, we're meeting for coffee this time, this day. Would love to have you there. And if you have three people, five people join you for the first week, that is absolutely amazing. And when you are the organizer of this group, people look at you differently as well. And so this is an extra leverage that you can have. And by the way, yes. you don't need to look and do it all yourself. I'm pretty sure you have someone who can help you with that, like an assistant. This is what I do. So the person yeah. goes in and checks out all the people who are in the area, or maybe they check previous speakers that went to this area and then they check, okay, this person lives here. Awesome. And so they would send out a message on my behalf. One more thing. Let's say you have trouble getting people into this local meeting. Start a podcast. It can be one-on-one, so it doesn't have to be a group in the beginning. Let's say I'm inviting mm-hmm. you for coffee and I'm going to record that. So if you have yeah. anything that you want to share with the world, this can be a podcast interview. This is how you can start and get a little bit easier, you know, when you were one-on-one and not one to five people. But, you know, it, it, the, every story is different. Every situation is different. So it's up to you how you want to do that. Awesome. Where can people learn a little bit more about you and connect with you? The two best ways are on Instagram, Anita.publicity or definitapublicity.com is my website or on LinkedIn, Arden McLaughlin. Awesome. This has been my pleasure and lots of fun to connect with you, Arden, today. Thank um, you. Thanks, okay. guys.